What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. It is our NHL update with myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins. We go through all four divisions. We look at who is currently in the playoffs and whether or not they're going to stay in that playoff spot and what seating they may get. This was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you guys think. We also talk about the NHL on TNT. That's right, if you're not aware of it, Turner Sports has acquired the rights to televise NHL games, and we break that down as well. Cannot wait to hear what you all think of it. As always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Search the bullpen card on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Smash that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram and Facebook. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the final stretch of the regular season. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed, the still unnamed hockey podcast featuring myself, and I'm going to introduce both of the legends from Boston, starting with the prophet himself, Mr. Greg Piatelli. How are you, my friend? Jordy, I'm feeling great. The uh, We got the Kentucky Derby this weekend, we got the NFL draft. We talked about it last week. We have baseball, hockey, and the NBA all going on at the same time. This is just college lacrosse is wrapping up soon, getting down to the playoffs. This is just the time. Uh, lots going on in the spring, and I love it. Sports Central, sports every night, if you will. We had three nights in a row that was Bruins, Celtics, and Red Sox all on the same day. Uh, and I love it. I need more of it. That's incredible. I had no idea that the Kentucky Derby was this weekend, so thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, hey, no and, problem. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, though, <laughs> that it's uh, a great time to be alive. NFL Draft, we just did the podcast last night. And yeah, it's all exciting stuff. But let's introduce the other half of the Boston duo, Mr. Mark Higgins. How are you? I am great. <laughs> Doing well. Doing well, boys. Good to be is. back. The energy. Love this bi-weekly thing we got going here, talking talking hockey. Um, yeah, Greg said it best. A lot of sports going on these days, and the weather's starting to get great. Um, it's a good time of the year. But, uh, yeah, NHL, not only 10 or so games left, right? Seven games left for some teams. Um, but, yeah, we're starting to wrap up the season here, and I'm excited to get into some of these playoff races. Oh, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Potentially our last show in the regular season before the playoffs start. So we're going to run through each division, look at how everything's shaking up as the teams are starting to solidify. We have six teams that have clinched spots. Um, there potentially could be a shakeup in one division. We'll get to that soon. Or maybe we start there because Greg likes to start out west. But then we're going to jump into a little bit of news that's come out, specifically a television deal. And maybe the Kentucky Derby has something to do with that. But let's jump in. Greg, you love starting out West. That's not like a good jumping point for you? It's awesome. Let's do it. All right. West Division. We have Vegas on a nine-game winning streak. Colorado, who was on a winning streak the last time we spoke to you all, on technically a two-game skid. Four points behind Vegas, but now tied in the win column, but a point ahead of the seven-game win streak riding Minnesota Wild. 
the Wild have come to play, boys. Mark, what are your thoughts on the Wild? Yeah, I mean, every time I turn on the NHL Network, I just see that rookie sensation just doing amazing things. Like, he had a sick goal the other night where he was in the slot, he faked the shot um, like he was going to do it, and then he walked around the guy, went behind the net, and did a behind-the-back pass to a guy to an empty net. The goalie wasn't, didn't even know what happened. Just, like, that creative stuff like that. Um, I love it. Wild, they, they were due for a superstar I'm happy they're doing well this year. Greg called it. Uh, you and I were wrong, Jordy. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to, to see them in the playoffs. Hopefully they have a little run and it's not just a uh, first round out. Jordy, do you, can, you give us, can you give us this kid's name? I want to hear you pronounce it. Kirill Kaprizov. Nice. Yeah. Is it Jordy. Kaprizov or Kaprizov? I don't know. He's... I think it's Capri Soft, like Capri yeah. Sun. The Capri Sun. Um, um, Minnesota, uh, great. Minnesota, like Mark said, it's a fun team to watch. They have the balance of of youth with old. I said it in the preview pod. They have the physical. They can play a speed game. They have the defensive game. I mean, the good news is here with this win streak, they're beating the teams they should beat, right? Arizona, San Jose, the Kings. The, the bottom three teams in their division – that you know they beat they're beating up on them which is what you need to do when you're trying to make the playoffs and a playoff push right those are the bottom three of the bottom four teams and the coyotes were somewhat fighting for a spot um and after three straight losses to to minnesota looks like arizona just played themselves out of the playoffs um allowing the shitty st louis blues in which sucks for for everyone because no one wants to see the blues in the playoffs but um, I mean, you have to be impressed with Minnesota, especially recently. Like, good teams beat up on the teams they're supposed to, and and that's what they've done here in the last seven games. And we'd be remiss if we didn't mention who their new general manager is this year, and Billy Guerin took over the team. This is his first season there, um, and then named Jared Spurgeon the new captain after Miko, Ko, Miko Koivu uh, retired. So new captain, new GM. Uh, rookie sensation, and I guess that's the recipe for them. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, they're a super defensive team. Like Greg mentioned, really physical. They're fourth, or they're they're the fourth best penalty kill, which is good because they're had the eighth most penalty minutes in the NHL. So it's just a team that that'll hit hard. They'll play hard for their guys. They score a good amount of goals too. I mean, Kaprizov doing a really good job, obviously leading the way for them. But they have guys that are helping out throughout that lineup. That I think. Uh, you know, or guys will be not necessarily wrote off, but like a Matsucarello who has 10 goals and he's been hurt a little bit here and there. Kevin Fiala, who we kind of, I feel like we've kind of just forgotten about is, you know, having a really solid year there with 17 goals. Um, Erickson Eck, Greg, you're the pronunciation expert. Uh, if I'm pronouncing that wrong, tell me. But yeah, you, you mentioned Spurgeon having a great year. It's just, they're getting contributions from up and down the lineup, which I feel like bodes well for the, you know, for the playoffs. So it's something here. Now they're a game behind or a point behind Colorado, but Colorado is a game in hand. I don't necessarily see that swapping for home ice. And, you know, you feel like Colorado probably writes the ship. Even if Vegas slows down a little bit, it's probably still the Vegas Colorado for first place. But Greg, you mentioned the St. Louis blues. They now are a point ahead of Arizona. They have three games in hand. Do you think it's just locked up or do you think there's, there's some stumbling that could happen there? They've been, atrocious at times but is Arizona just really played themselves out of this 
I mean, St. Louis has five games left versus, versus Minnesota, who we were just pumping on this crazy win streak. Minnesota has clinched a playoff spot. It's really splitting hairs if you want to face the Knights, the Avalanche in the first round. So do the Wilds start to rest some players, or do they try and actually stay in the, the two or three seeds? They don't have to face Vegas in the first round. You know, who's a better matchup for them? St. Louis, five games against Minnesota, like I said, it's it's – you know, they have the game in hand, the games in hand, because they have the COVID scare. They play Anaheim. They play Vegas twice, who's Vegas is, again, a wagon, but coasting a little bit. Um, and you pay the Kings one. So, like, it really comes down to those five games versus Minnesota and what you're going to do with that, because you assume everyone will beat Anaheim. Everyone will beat the Kings. You assume two losses to Vegas for St. Louis. So then it comes down to how they do, like I said, in those five games. And, I mean, it's, Definitely not uh, not going to be easy, but you have to figure at some point Minnesota starts to rest some players, maybe towards the end, and they're happy with uh, with play. Again, it's splitting hairs. Who would you rather face in the first round? Right now, I'd rather face Colorado because Vegas is on a tear, but Colorado is seven and three in the last ten, so equally as as good. Just you know, whatever. So if I'm Minnesota, you, you probably start to rest some guys. Give give some of your older guys some break and and would help out st louis uh secure their spot if you will and and really shut out arizona because on the other hand the coyotes you know they're playing vegas twice Uh, they only have so many games right vegas the kings the sharks and they have not played well against the sharks recently so not over yet for for the coyotes but um they're gonna need some help with st louis losing to minnesota there Fair enough. Yeah, they have the back-to-back starting tonight. We're recording this uh, Wednesday night, so the 28th and 29th of April. They finish with a back-to-back as well. And then they have actually one in between there, the Minnesota Wild do. All at home, or actually the the final two against St. Louis is a back-to-back in Missouri. Uh, the last game being on uh, May 13th, so that is actually more than two weeks from now. So this might not be our last regular season show, but... Regardless of how it shakes out, it is going to be really interesting to see do they try to mix in some guys that maybe could come in as black aces or minor league call-ups to try to see, you know, while you're resting some of these older dudes, do you have guys that have been on your taxi squad kind of moving in and out to to get an idea of that, which I feel like is maybe something now as teams are really locking in. We'll get into the Central Division soon enough, but that might be a, a strategy to try to find some other things that work. I feel like Minnesota probably hits the gas pretty hard, at least for another week, probably through Cinco de Mayo. And then maybe with four games to go, I think you're right. You know, they have, they're both back-to-backs. But then again, that game, there's four days in between the game against Anaheim and the, the away series in St. Louis. So we'll have to see what happens with them. But, Mark, what do you think on the potential of resting players now that you've locked in spots, if you're a Vegas, Colorado, where more likely than not, Oh, Minnesota's Minnesota too, in, but Minnesota's yeah. battle. You know, Colorado. It's there. They're in the driver's seat for home ice, right? So they they can't. They probably should keep the foot on the gas for a little longer. So should Vegas. But if you're a team that's battling to try to get home ice versus maybe resting up to try to pull off an upset, what what would you do, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on how many games are left, how old your guys are, how they're feeling, but. Yeah, now that fans are back, home ice is a huge factor. Um, and just being at your own place, being at your own space, um, traveling to the rink, it's its totally – I mean, yeah, going on the road is, is good sometimes, but um, 
having that home ice, if it's a game, if it comes to a game seven, it's crucial. So I think got teams will play to the end to lock up. I mean, if it's, if it's Colorado, Minnesota battling for the second spot, they're going to go all the way to the end. Um, they're both young teams. I think Vegas has first, obviously locked in. Um, Do you think so? Think... They're only four points up in a game, a, uh, a game up. So Colorado has a game in hand on them. Yeah. I mean, Vegas is on a nine game winning streak. They're obviously um, getting hot at the right time. I think, I think they, they, they have it. And maybe I'm being biased because I picked them to win the cup. But uh, I think they have that locked in. That's just my opinion. But yeah, I mean, inter- interestingly enough, uh, Vegas plays every team that's in the hunt. They play Colorado twice. They play Arizona twice. Minnesota twice. St. Louis twice. And then Saint- and then San Jose once. They play every team that's in the hunt and in in battling. They play them all twice to end the season. So Vegas very much can dictate and control a little bit, like you know, not rest players on purpose, but they, you know, they can sit Petrangelo versus Colorado and let Colorado win a game or, you know, or you sit him against Minnesota, let Minnesota win a game. So Colorado has to go drops behind them. Vegas kind of controls, like I said, they're playing all their games are against all the teams in the hunt. So uh, with the exception of one game versus San Jose. So it's, it's definitely, sorry to cut you off Mark, but I think, Vegas is definitely sitting in the driver's seat. Hardest probably schedule of, of the five teams that we talked about left because they are playing the four other teams in the playoffs or the five teams, four other teams fighting for the playoffs. So Vegas definitely has the hardest schedule left. But again, they've proven they can do it all year. So why not now? I think the Blues have that four seed locked in. They have three games in advance of Arizona. Arizona's trending in the wrong direction. They're two and eight right now. Um, but just to touch on St. Louis, is it me or have they lost their sp- bunk this year something with them isn't like the blues of two years ago i don't know what it is um i was just looking at their stats tory krug one goal still this whole year i mean he always averaged like at least 10 per season with the bruins um i don't know if he's running the power play there in st louis but that's just a weird stat i saw and then tarasenko i mean this guy used to be the face of the franchise now it's riley tarasenko was on the cover of nhl 2017 he's got like what's he have uh 20 he has 13 points in 22 games. He was hurt for a little bit, but yeah. Yeah, he's been banged he was, up. He's been in and out. But yeah, you're not wrong. You need him to go. And Bennington has been terrible all year. He's and been less than stellar. Does Arizona even want to make the playoffs? I feel like if they get in, they're just going to get swept by Vegas or Colorado first round anyways, just like last year. So St. Louis, I think, will be a tougher out for one of those top two teams. Um, and they're very capable of getting hot. You know, they won the cup two years ago. If, if some of their top guys get going, uh, if Bennington gets hot, you never know. But I think um, the I four know. teams that are in the playoffs right now are, are going to be it. That's my prediction. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree with that. I think uh, you made you made the really good point about Arizona. Of they have a strong schedule, but their defense just isn't really there. I don't know if, if St. Louis – it's basically a pillow fight of who wants to get in and who wants to go to the lottery of, of seeing where these two teams go. That's kind of my thought. They have a, obviously a bunch of games in hand. But a lot of games to play, so who knows if fatigue gets in there. Um, San Jose technically not eliminated right now, but I don't think they're making any sort of run. Um, any other thoughts before we move on to the division, either of you guys? Let's move on. Just Byfield's making his debut tonight for L.A. Is he? Second That's overall awesome. pick last year. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, there's a number of dudes that have made their, their debuts. I'm sure you guys have 
Actually, you might not have with the Bruins because you guys have added a number of guys to the trade deadline. But there's been a lot in Philly that have been that have made it up their way. Um, all right, Central or North Division, Greg, pick one. Let's go north of the border. All righty. So we have Vancouver back playing games. They obviously, since the last time we podcasted, and we weren't sure what the hell was happening with them, they played their first game and they came back from down 2-0 against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who you know have not really, aside from that, slowed down. They're still seven points up on first place, really starting to widen that gap. Edmonton has a couple games in hand. But I feel like this order is probably set. I don't know. Do you guys think Montreal's in, is locked in there, or or Calgary might be able to get a job, get a a push in? I don't think Vancouver is. But um, Mark, we'll start with you. Since we started with Greg last time, what's your diagnosis of the North Division? Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I think it's the four teams that are there right now are going to be it. Uh, Toronto's obviously got that one seed locked in, I think. Um, yeah, I think Edmonton, so Winnipeg, anything can happen, but I, I don't, I don't see Montreal blowing, blowing uh, this fourth seed here. Um, Calgary's six points out, and they've they played one more game. Uh, there's not a lot of time left to make up that ground. Is it possible? Could Calgary win out? Yes. Is it likely? Um, no. I, it's not. They're playing Edmonton next. Then they got uh, Edmonton again, Winnipeg. But to end the season, they, they face Ottawa and then four in a row versus Vancouver. So, I mean, if they win all those games and win three of the four against the harder teams, it's possible. Um, I'd have to see what Montreal's schedule is. But, yeah, that's my, my that's my two cents. What do you guys think? Yeah, so to give you an idea for Montreal, they play Ottawa a couple times. They have three games against the Leafs. And two games against Edmonton. Um, actually, they have four games against the Leafs. They play them tonight. But they also play the Jets. So, it's. I think you're right that the fact they won that last game against the Flames ends up being vital. Cole Caulfield, speaking of guys making their debuts, he made his debut. No points there. Four shots on goal. Um, I was going to make a, is he a bust joke after one game, but I decided not to. Um <laughs> American, how dare yeah, he's you? American. I'm not going to, even though the Flyers decided to draft Cam York instead of him. They traded out of the spot, traded it to Montreal. So you're welcome, Montreal. But um, I think that's how it went. But there's something like there was they could have gotten him and they got Cam York instead. But um, no, so I think I think you're right. Montreal locks this in. They also made moves to try to solidify that up. I just as much as I want Calgary to succeed, and I think I might have I think I might have picked him to win the division. Um, which egg on my face there, but. They just are so inconsistent. Their goaltending is all over the board, and their offense just can't get it going. They have the lowest goals for in the division. Um, the only teams they have more goals than are the Devils, Sabres, the Kings, Ducks, the Red Wings, and the and the Blue Jackets. So it's these bottom-feeding teams. Even Ottawa's outscoring them. But their defense, oh, and Vancouver, but Vancouver's played so few games. But it's just th- these guys, you think of Monaghan, you think of Goudreau, you think of, you know, insert a player that has been a part of that fire to be fully punny from the last couple of years. That was why they were so exciting and why why they won the division two years ago. Two years ago? Three years ago? Um, Giordano, Backland, like Kachuk, all these different guys, you know, and, and Lindholm, 
Goudreau, Kachuk, they all have, you know, over 30 points, which is, you know, floating around that over three quarters of a point per game. But it's, I don't know, you, I guess it's, it's something if you, you can't expect them to carry it the whole way, but then look at Edmonton and what they're able to do with what McDavid and Dreisaitl are doing. So I don't know. It's, it's something there of kind of a bummer to see where that team went. And again, their goaltending was horrendous at certain points and they, they did sell. So I think, I think this is locked into the four teams. Greg, what do you got? I think Calgary just lost Noah Hannafin for the season. So they're definitely not, uh, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think they're the, the team to, to catch Montreal Vancouver having five games in hand. Right. And that's 10 points. No, correct me if I'm wrong. If they went all five of those. Correct. So you win all five of those, you're tied with Montreal. And then all you have to do is is win one more, get one more point than Montreal. You have to win the, the five game in hand and get the more points. And so if any team's going to catch them at Vancouver, the issue I have with Vancouver is, yes, they had the comeback versus Toronto, beat Toronto two games in a row. Then they, placed, they faced Ottawa and lost two out of three versus the Senators. You're not making the playoffs losing two out of three versus the Senators. Um, yeah, that's actually a really good point. I think they've lost. I think they lost six games to the Senators all year. Like they're all right. their points so, are really they you know they blew it against Ottawa. Right, and we said it. We said it with the West. Good teams beat up on the teams they're supposed to. So, you know, they play uh, Vancouver's Calgary tonight, Ottawa, Toronto twice, Edmonton's five, six times, and six times for the end of the year. Calgary five four times five times for the end of the year. So they have to win those five games, those five games in hand, they have to win. And then they have to get one more point than Montreal somehow. And I, they're the only team in my opinion that has the, uh, that can catch them just because the game that can catch, catch Montreal just because the game's in hand. But uh, I think you're probably right. I think it is, it is t- uh, Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg and, and Montreal who end up making it. And it's crazy because Montreal fired their coach halfway through the year. Uh, Winnipeg traded their, superstar and Patrick Laine halfway through the year. So it's, it's just like a, a crazy wild year for those two teams. And they're going to be in the playoffs because Calgary and Vancouver can't figure their shit out. So uh, impressive, but I mean, I'm not ruling out Vancouver yet. Talk to me in, in a week's time or what have you, but for now, I mean, that's a lot of games to try and jam in for them. But for now, I'm going to say those are the four teams agreed. So too, too quick. Go on, Jordy. Sorry. You, you might be making the same point I'm going to. Calgary and Vancouver finished the season with four games in a row, the first of which is May 13th. They play three games in four nights starting on May 16th, 16th, 18th, and 19th, which could either be all eyes on those three games with Vancouver being in a position if they win all three, they could, they could take over Montreal's spot, or... They're out of it, and those three games, maybe they don't even get played. They just say, screw it. You know, we'll say, pay yeah, out for if it. They're not, if, if they're not in it, there's no way they're playing it, yeah. Yeah, and that sort of thing. So it's it's going to be something interesting to watch. Weirdly enough, Calgary gets a lot of days off in between their games. It just seems like a foreign concept to see comparatively to the schedules that we saw in March and April for so many teams. Um, obviously, Calgary had their problems, too, in Vancouver, the serious problems, but... Just a crazy note to see there. Mark, what were your points? Uh, I was just going to say two things. First, do you think Calgary would have made the playoffs if it was a normal year and they were in their own, like normal division in Western Conference? 
second point, second question, if they don't make the playoffs, do you think they blow it up this year? Like, I think everybody's going to be on the trade block except Kachuk. So the, it, I, I agree with you on the second point. I think that, like, they've already, like, kind of seen rumors thrown out there. Like, wasn't Monaghan, like, a rumored piece to be dealt at the trade deadline? Um, oh, and especially with the expansion draft. Like, everyone, everyone's on notice for the expansion draft. Well, yeah, it's it's all crazy stuff, and we can jump into, like, different shit that's been thrown out there about that when we get to talking about our own teams. But to answer your first question, Mark, because for those that don't remember the original the divisions that they're normally in, they're in there with Edmonton, they're in there with Winnipeg. Or no, Winnipeg's in the Central. They're in there with Edmonton, they're in there with Vancouver, they're in there with the California teams who have been atrocious this year. So maybe they do sneak in there. Maybe they're a two-seed, a three-seed in that division. And maybe win around and and they don't get exposed, but they had to play the really good teams. And this is the Greg theory of Toronto was always an elite team, but had to play other teams, so they looked like shit. Um, your team and and Tampa, but you know that maybe that's what it is <laughs> is that they had to go play. You know because they play these California teams that have been tanking the last couple of years. That's what propped them up. But I don't know the the Battle of Alberta wasn't as awesome as I think we all kind of hoped it was going to be when we saw that it was an all Canada division, they were going to play 10 times, all this sort of stuff. It really went by the wayside. I feel like partially because Calgary was all over the board. They were hurt and all this sort of stuff. So I think yes to both questions, Mark, but uh, it is going to be really interesting to see how they approach this summer. Gaudreau and Monaghan's production has gone down so much the past two seasons, this season and last season, Um, just trending down like, Big time. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on with those two, but uh, maybe a change of scenery is just what they need. That's what they say for everybody. Craig, any last thoughts on the North before we uh, move to the Central? Yeah, I mean, I just to go off of Mark's two things, I think 1,000% you have to consider moving on and, and from some of your guys. And then the other hand, um, I think the division we've been saying the whole time is a huge part to play and. And a lot of these teams that we thought were going to be good, i.e. Vancouver and Calgary, who are in weaker divisions, we thought were so good. And now it's proving that they only look good because they have an easier schedule of things. So let's move on. All right. So let's go to the Central Division, which, similar to the West, has three of its four spots locked up. We have Tampa back in, the defending champs. We have the Carolina uh, Hurricanes locking themselves in, and then, and then, I don't know, I wanted to add suspense there. We have the Florida Panthers, who are playing like the Panthers, I feel like we thought they were going to be. We, shout out to me and Mark for having Florida in there. Greg did not. Um, Greg had, Greg and Mark both had Columbus in there. But, I don't know, this is a team that that's finally gotten, really gotten it going. They have that mega win streak for a while. They're scoring goals out the wazoo. And really, I guess the only complaint you could put on them is that comparatively to Tampa, their goal differential isn't as great, but you're still plus 25. Actually, comparatively to both Tampa and Carolina. But I don't know. This team fires on all cylinders. They do take a lot of penalties. I guess that's probably another big knock for them. But, like, they have this Dreger guy who's been unreal. Bobrovsky is is somewhat living up to that contract under three goals against. But a 905 save percentage. So, you know, playing well enough. But um, Spencer Knight, and Spencer Knight said? coming up has been awesome. He's two and zero. He's been great. He's, He's been, been awesome. Great. Yeah. So, Greg, we'll jump to you. I mean, first of all, 
why didn't you believe in Florida like me and Mark? And secondly, what is what are your thoughts on this division? The Florida thing is simple. Like the last three years, they've been one of those teams that hyped that everyone talks about, and they've underperformed. So it's very understandable that uh, yeah, I thought the same was going to happen. And then going into it, I'm pretty sure the day before or two days before we recorded the podcast, it was they were talking about how the new coaching and GM were benching Yandel and putting in his his consecutive game streak in in jeopardy and they were doing all these crazy moves to try and send a message to players and blah 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 it just seemed like turmoil before before the season even started um and then the rest of the division Jordy biggest surprise I think is this run that Dallas is on right now they're we had them dead to rights we had them out of it and now they're two points within the playoffs with two games in hand at, at Nashville. Uh, it's a two-team race right there, and I think Dallas ultimately catches and passes Nashville just from Sagan coming back potentially soon. They're out, they're moving, they're trending the right direction. They have the goaltending, and, and I mean, Nashville, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Nashville. They've been up and down the last three years. Ever since their cup run, really, they've been on a, the downward trend, and, and Dallas obviously started out slow, had the COVID, and now they're just starting to catch their footing, and, and Jamie Benn's picking his game up. They're, they're, everyone on, in, on the start is picking their game up at the right time. The top of the division, we, I mean, we knew Carolina, we knew Tampa were going to be good because at least uh, me, you, Mark, have, have seen them a bunch uh, just because they're, they're in division foes, if you will, and those are hard teams to play against. We knew they were going to be up there. So Dallas, to me, right now is the biggest surprise from the last month because they were dead to rights. So if Dallas comes in fourth and Tampa ends up flip-flopping with Carolina, I would have had it right in order. Tampa first, Florida second, Carolina third, Dallas fourth. So am I a genius? Maybe. I think you are. <laughs> but, I mean, it's crazy thinking Nashville – like I agree, I think they fall out. They've, I don't know, they they're too inconsistent. They've played, they've played too many games. The games in hand for Dallas certainly helps them. But what what have we known Nashville as for so long? As Smashville, and this is a team, you know, this normally a hard nosed, gritty defensive squad, and they've let up a ton of goals. They've taken a ton of penalties, and their special teams are horrendous. They're 29th in the penalty kill. Their power play can't get it going. Even their goals for they're right in the middle of the road, and it's it's just tough to watch and see how this, uh, you know, see how this team is going. So it's it's something that it'd be fun to see them get in. It'd be fun to see that arena start to pack pack in again and see how that goes. See a weird Tennessee versus North Carolina uh, playoff series, which would be wild to think about, just of hockey and what that might do for the sport. But um, I don't know. It's just a team that I feel like just they're running out of gas. They had it. You know, they kind of re-revved up the engine for a little bit there. But Dallas, you mentioned, is just purring. And it's something where the overtime losses really help them, too. They're a team that does play that defensive style, low scoring. They get these games into late, and then anything happens once you get to the three-on-three and the shootout. And they take advantage of that. So I feel like that's something there that the NHL, I doubt, will look at in terms of, uh, you know, all this different stuff with, you know, whether or not to add an extra point for regulation win. But... You know, it, it doesn't really matter. They're a team that you get into the playoffs. Them versus Carolina would be two different teams that the, you know, unstoppable force and the immovable object getting after one another. A team that scores 
a gajillion goals and doesn't allow a ton, and then another team that just doesn't really allow any goals, and they'll still slow you down. It'd be really fun to see a Dallas-Carolina series. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot to unwind here. I'll do rapid fire, but uh, I'm shocked Carolina's having the season they're having. I mean, their home and away record's so impressive. Rod Brindamore, Rod the Bod's doing something right over there. Um, but I think I think if Carolina does does advance, they're just going to get smoked by, you know, the Caps or the Bruins, the usual teams who beat them in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, certainly we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm impressed with them so far. Florida, Joel Quinville, I mean, this is second year, usually takes a coach, you know, that second year to get his, all his system and everything in place. Um, Barkoff, one of the best players, most under, I don't think he's too underrated anymore. I think everyone knows about him, but him and Huberto, uh, just world-class players. Um, but something to note with, I mean, and they, they have the highest paid goalie in the league, right? And then two of the best goalie prospects. I think the two goalies, uh, I don't know. I might've just made that up, but I know their, their goalie prospects are uh, incredible. So Florida is going to be good for a while. Um, but a big thing for them is Ekblad, their best defenseman's done for the year. So come playoff time, who do you need those workhorses in the back end? So I think that's going to hurt them uh, in the playoff, in the playoffs. Um, but Tampa, Tampa's doing their thing. I think they're just kind of coasting right now. They, they won it all last year. They know what they're doing. They're saving their energy. Um, but to the race itself with Nashville, Dallas, and Chicago, Greg, yeah, I can see why you think Dallas might sneak in with Sagan uh, coming back. He's pre- been practicing with the team in the past two weeks, um, and I th- think they're going to ease him in um, soon. But Saturday night, Dallas and Nashville face off. That's going to be essentially a playoff game, right? So that's going to be a huge point swing. But then Nashville the rest of the way has a pretty easy schedule playing Columbus twice um, and then Carolina, Carolina, who probably will be resting their players. So Nashville could go on a run. Um, and if they beat Dallas Saturday night, I think they're in. Um, so Dallas, what do they have? Their schedule is looking pretty tough. I mean, Nashville, Florida, Tampa, Tampa, Chicago, Chicago. So Dallas is in trouble here. And I think Chicago is out of it. They're playing Florida, Carolina, 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 Dallas, Dallas, and Dallas will be trying to get those points. Yeah. It's a bummer of what happened with the Blackhawks of that. They were, they were buzzing for a while. Right. And then they slowed down and all this different stuff. So I don't know. These other teams turned it on too. So kind of, I don't know if it was water finance level. It's a team that offensively was doing pretty well and they're a disciplined team, but when they do take penalties, they let up a goal basically. Um, but, you know, Patrick Kane ha- having himself a pretty good year. We were talking about a pre-show. So just a bummer, but, you know, that's kind of where they are now. And, and I don't know. It's, uh, you know, we found out, we did find out that Jonathan Davis is officially done for the entire year. So, you know, thoughts and prayers sending over to him. But we'll have to see how this division shakes out. I feel like this is, it's, aside from Dallas getting in there, I want to say the seeds are, no, actually, no, Tampa probably regains at least second because they have games in hand on Florida, which is kind of wild to think about. It'd be cool to see Florida get home ice for a round, but uh, I don't know. It's going to so be a fun it's division. A, it's once... a pretty, pretty long distance travel, Florida, Tampa. They stay in the first round matchup. Uh, yeah. Miami to Tampa is like a two hour flight, hour flight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, comparatively to, to Raleigh, which uh, the storm surge, if, I don't know what their fan situation is like in North Carolina, but I know they're uh I know gradually the 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 wave of the Texas Rangers allowing everybody in is 
working its way mm-hmm. al- along the the southern belt, whatever the Bible Belt. Uh, so who knows what that's like for indoor sports? College but, football. Well, yeah, the Atlanta Braves just announced it. They're allowing fans on like May seventh or something, like two weeks from tomorrow. Um, right. Let's uh, let's honestly, Jordy, give us Dallas or Nashville. Jordy, I, Mark I, said Nashville. I said Dallas. Draw a line in the sand. I already said Dallas. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um, and Mark, the you're right. Florida has young goalies. Uh, we talked about Spencer Knight, the kid from BC, USA goalie. Went to Avon Old Farms. Who? Uh, yeah, stud. He's he. They just called him up. He left BC. Or, he was a Hobie Baker finalist. Lost to Cole Caulfield. Just got called up. You say he's two and zero, Jordy? Yeah, he's two and zero. He did not start both games, so they came back with him taking over in relief, which is pretty wild. Nice. Uh, let's move on to the best division in hockey. And, the beast. Uh, let's 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 the beast. Nice, Jordy. Before we get into it. Um, I have a serious question for you. Okay. And Mark can answer this too. As a Flyers fan, are you hoping they get eliminated today so that you can enjoy the rest of the season and relax? Or are you hoping that they win out and some crazy stuff happens in front of them and they make the playoffs? So either way, what would you prefer? well, they're not making the playoffs, you know, and it's, Something where, well, never say never. Never say never. They're eleven points behind the Bruins, with seven games to go, and the Bruins have a game in hand. So even if they go to overtime, that's twelve points with seven games to go. That's basically the Bruins. We need to lose out. The Rangers need to have some combination of losing out. Which do they play each other? That might they be, do twice. Only yeah, twice. so that, that that means you like have to hope they split it, and the and then the Bruins lose. Every other game, because um, I think if the because the Rangers winning four points, they're seven points up. So the Islanders, the everyone keeps discounting the, the Islanders are legit. They're they're legit to to miss out on the playoffs here. The Flyers are exactly twelve points behind the Islanders. So the same scenario there. The Islanders would need to lose out. You need a New York Mets two thousand seven situation to happen to the Islanders. I guess it's the orange teams on the island that sort of thing. For the Flyers to make the playoffs, and notably the Phillies did not win a playoff game in that year. They got swept by the Rockies when they were on their tear, and then they won the National League too quick and got swept by the Red Sox, um, which goes to Craig's another one of Craig's theories of winning too quick. It's bad for you. Um, <laughs> but no, to answer your question, do I want them to be eliminated? No, I don't. But I'm like I'm at pe- I've been at peace with the Flyers and where they're at. That they're not going to make the playoffs. It was pretty apparent when they blew. The they let the Sabers w- get their win finally, although they'd had multiple comeback wins against the Sabers throughout that losing streak. And then similarly with New Jersey, we were talking about it pre-show that New Jersey snapped a ten-game losing streak, where the previous game the Flyers literally really Claude Giroux came back with like less th- with a minute and a half left, went to overtime. The Flyers end up winning in a shootout. I've just come to peace with it. It's frustrating as hell to watch this team of a team that lets up goals you know within two minutes. But let's jump to the actual contenders in the East, and then maybe we can jump back to the Flyers, uh, including your Bruins, who are looking great. They, basically since the trade deadline, have been en fuego. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. The Pittsburgh Penguins just snapped a winning streak of their own. They're battling now with the Capitals for first place, which, you know, those are two teams that I at least called it. I think we all had them in the playoffs. Greg might have had one of them out because he had both New York teams in, but... 
we talked about this. So these are veteran teams. Washington, three years removed from a Stanley Cup. Vegas, four years removed from, or not Vegas. Pittsburgh, four years removed from a back-to-back run. Just veteran guys who know how to get it done. Obviously, Sidney Crosby, even when he's, you know, he's been hurt a little bit this year, but he's been dominant. He's been the Sidney Crosby that we, you know, have come to know throughout his career. And he's locked in now 16 point per game seasons, which is absolutely insane. It's third all time in the NHL. Um, These are two teams that I feel like they used their experience. And granted, there was, there's some hot goaltending that were huge question marks that, that's going to be a big storyline for them throughout the playoffs. But they're two teams that get it done at home. And the fact that the Islanders are ice cold and basically playing themselves out of getting home ice in the first round does not bode well for them. The Bruins, they're now becoming a, a huge wrench to whichever team wins that. You almost feel like they don't want to play them, having added Taylor Hall, having added all those other pieces that we talked about. Sands, maybe Washington, because they added some really nice depth pieces that have already paid dividends, like, an, like a Mantha... They added Michael Roffel, who's just a, a good checking line forward. And you guys see Chara immediately comes to defend his back. The guy's been on the team for like a week, and, a, and he gets hit from behind. Chara comes in and beats the nails out of some dude on the Islanders. You guys see that video? Yeah. Matt Martin. Yeah, Matt Martin. That's Matt who it was. Martin. Thank you. And yeah, I just think those two teams, not that I'm, I'm saying they're going to you'll pencil them in for the second round, but those two teams getting hot at the right time. I really wanted to, to do some sort of spin of the Islanders are getting cold at the right time because they did that going into COVID and then they went all the way to the Eastern Conference Final. But this is this is the opposite side of, of Trot's ball, right? Of where you are this grinded out system team. And, you know, they did lose their captain. That's another Greg point that he made a much bigger deal about it going into the trade deadline. I don't know. I feel like it's now that's maybe that rooster's coming to roost. Um, is that the phrase? Whatever. But their road record's terrible. <laughs> but they're playing Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't know the Roosters Bruce. I think I don't know the Roosters. Pros come Bruce. to Bruce. That's what it is. Um But Pittsburgh's lost six games at home and the the Islanders are four games under five hundred. So it's like something here that really whoever plays Boston, that's gonna be a much more entertaining series than whoever plays the Islanders at this point. Yeah, I mean I honestly think that with how the schedule shakes out, the fact the Islanders just lost three in a row to the to the Capitals, the fact the Islanders have two straight games staring them in the face versus the Rangers, if the Rangers somehow get three points out of that or somehow get all get all four like they sweep, the Bruins have next four games against the Devils and Sabres. So there's a very real possibility here that the Bruins catch and pass the Islanders and the Islanders are sitting there stuck at 63 points because – you know, they, I mean, yeah, they play the Rangers twice, then Buffalo twice, and then New Jersey twice, and then with Boston. But this, these next two games versus the Rangers, while not the end-all be-all for them, because they do have four games versus Buffalo and Jersey after that, these next two games of the Islanders for them is really a, if they if they somehow beat the Rangers both games, the Rangers are out of it, and the Islanders, and then it's just jockeying for position. Then it's just the top four teams, Capitals, Penguins, Islanders, Bruins, figuring out, Who's actually who's gonna be one through four? Who's gonna play who in the first round? But if they, they if the Islanders lose the next two games versus the Rangers, then they're gonna have to win three out of four versus the Devils and Sabers. Just like the Bruins are gonna have to win three out of four, three out of the next four minimum, just to you know stay keep fend off the Rangers, keep off and even surpass the Islanders and and potentially catch the Penguins with two games in hand. 
you know, it's, it's doable for the Bruins to catch the Penguins. Uh, probably not the Capitals, but they could catch the Capitals too. That's a real, there's, this division is far from over, um, far from being figured out, but I think Washington probably has the one seed locked. And then the other, the other, I don't know, actually, I, I go back and forth. I think we're far away, but I think it's, uh, t- Sorry, I ran, ran, ran and rambled, and I talked myself into this division I'll, being wide open. Still. I'll help you, Greg. Um, <laughs> I really wide open. The Bru- no, it's the Bru- not. Uh, no, it's not. I, I really hope the Bruins don't finish fourth and have to play the Capitals because we suck against them, and I really don't want to play them first round. So I hope the Rangers beat the Islanders um, and Bruins pass the Islanders. But even if the Rangers take four points from the Islanders. They'd only be at 62 points. Islanders will be at 63. Islanders still have a game in hand. And then, like you said, they played four shitty teams in a row. I think they're not going to, they're going to win most of those. So I think the Islanders are, are, are set. They're going to make the playoffs. I hope Bruins pass them. Rangers. Yeah. They turned it on uh, late, but a little too late for them. Not enough time left. Um, but the future's bright for the Rangers. I mean, they have absolute studs in Panarin, Adam Fox, who's 47 points in 49 games this year. Are you Feeling kidding real. me? Yeah. And Zabanajet every night, it's a highlight real goal for him or assist. Like, and then they have the two top guys they've picked with, uh, Lafreniere and Kako. Yeah. Like the future is bright for them. Look out for them, them the next three to five years. Uh, but I think this division is like shaping out. I think it's just going to be a fight between one and two and three and four. Um, I think we can beat Pittsburgh. I don't want to face Washington and Islanders would just be like a game seven battle. I think that, I think the Bruins can catch Pittsburgh and I think they can, and like they've, they've been 500 versus the Capitals. They've split the seat. They have one more game but with the Bruins with the advantage right now, but they've been, better against the capitals than they have in years past but you're right historically they do not do well against that team but and it definitely if i'm a bruins fan i am i don't want to face them in the first round if, i just don't i they, i feel like the bruins they're moving the right direction oh, taylor yeah. hall making creche is finally playing well with taylor hall he finally has a has a guy who can support him the first line poshnock hasn't been great but here's the here's the good news is they don't need they don't need to be because everyone else is buzzing they need to figure out what the final third line is going to be, which they're kind of doing right now. It sounds like Coyle and, and Richie and, and DeBrusque, and then their fourth line is, is pre- almost set right now. So they get their defenseman back fully healthy, full steam ahead, good to go for the final push. I think the Bruins jump the Islanders and have a legit shot at jumping the Penguins, and, and if not the Capitals too. I don't know. Jordy, what do you think? No, I think you're right. Uh, well, I think Mark's more right, but um, I think there's a possibility that, that at so least. Rude. Well, I think the possibility <laughs> is because Pittsburgh and Washington play two games this week, and it starts. Uh, I'm still in May. One Saturday night, May second, uh, May first, and yeah, the other's tomorrow. It's Thursday night. Both in Washington. It'll be really interesting to watch how that goes. Then the Penguins are in Philly for two games for back to back. They close the season out in Buffalo. It's going to be, you know, you, you assume they probably win three of their last four games, maybe all four. Um, so you got you got to wonder how that goes and, and see how it is. You know, Flyers, if they're calling up different guys like they've started to, you know, just kind of all over the board. Although you thought that the last time they played the Penguins, you thought they were going to kill the Flyers and the Flyers won it in a shootout. So who knows? But that's, that's kind of the thing here is that we're getting to the point where, and kind of to go back to your answer about the Flyers, 
you have to hope that these games get done in regulation. They're not these grind them out overtime games where a point, an extra point comes into play. Um, I do think the Bruins pass the Islanders at this point, and it becomes a a huge question as to how it goes. Now, obviously, I, I do disagree with Mark's point a little bit about the Bruins and against the Capitals. Obviously, you guys know it a little more watching them go. I feel like the two teams match up well. That at least you can have these top two lines kind of going at it. Washington's kind of similar that their top line really is a big piece of it. Ovechkin, obviously one of the best ever to score uh, and is out there and he has Wilson, he has Oshie hanging out with him too. And they added some pieces. They really helped to add their bottom six, but so did the Bruins. I feel like that'd be a really good series to see. So even if they do end up fourth, I feel like it'd be a really fun one to, to watch. And the other part of it to finish up my point and this kind of goes to the Rangers, too. You guys didn't mention it. They're young goaltending. Washington's in the exact same scenario, that they have a young goaltender who's never played in the playoffs before. And that's a big factor. You know, we obviously, the reverse has happened. Where rookies have won the Stanley Cup most recently, you know, with Bennington, with Matt Murray. But then other times it's a complete deer in headlights scenario. So who knows what happens with, with their young guys and, and how that could go. So if you're a Bruins fan, it's not the end of the world and just, you know, putting yourself to a death sentence that you drew Washington instead of drawing Pittsburgh. Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing to to backmark up here is the physicality that the that the Capitals play with in the playoffs. Sure. Like top to bottom all four lines. Like their top even Ovechkin, their their best player is so much more physical than any of the Bruins forwards. Oh yeah. Grizz, like Grizzlick is in trouble versus the Capitals. Yeah, like a, a top Pasternak, top to bottom, everyone like the reason why Poshnok struggled against St. Louis is because they just physically dominated him. They had a man on him the entire series, and that top line, while great for the for Boston with Marshawn Bergeron and Poshnok, they go up against a physical first line. Like there's a reason why Washington rolls out their first line against. There's a reason why the the Penguins put out Crosby against that top line because they want the physicality. They want you know they want Tom Wilson roughing around Poshnok, and that that affects them negatively in the first round so i definitely understand what you're saying jordy this year has been different than years past for the capitals bruins but ultimately it's the physicality that the capitals bring that just alter like line one versus line one you know they, they have the advantage um the capitals actually have the advantage but that's interesting the, the capitals penguins they haven't played since february yeah. so this is their first game since the trade deadline with both teams getting better you know both teams having figured something out here both teams seven and three essentially in their last 10. So it's been huge for, for them. So I think this is Thursday and Saturday are going to be great games. And this will be a good indicator of who's going to get the one seed, right? This is their one point different. Now this is it. This is where they decide who gets it. So um, yeah, it will be great to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to see, it doesn't look like they're a nationally televised game, which seems absurd that the NHL wouldn't do that. Um, which, Unless Mark has any other points in the Eastern Division, is a perfect segue. Jordy, that's a professional segue. Holy bleep. What, a what if I did have segue. what if I did have more points though? <laughs> Do your last Jordan, point, then we'll give, talk about it. Give us all the points, Mark. I need more points. I was points. gonna say, like, yeah. yeah, if they shut down our first line, if playoff Krejci becomes playoff Krejci with Taylor Hall turning it on right now, we have two top lines, and then if Kevin Miller See, stays. That's my healthy, point. It's like he can be the Hall is so huge for you guys, I feel like. And then Kevin Miller, if he's healthy, no one's gonna fuck with our guys. Like in the like, like, cause he'll just fight you and beat the hell out of you. So if he stays healthy, if Tukarask, like he's starting to turn it on. If he gets hot, we can beat anybody. So 
Yeah, things are looking up for the Bruins. Um, and I think how, staying healthy is the key to everything for them. Yeah. No, health is obviously a huge part of it all, but I feel like you're, that's kind of a really good point. And Kevin Miller's, is, is he the poster child for guys needing to stay healthy in that Bruins lineup being a key to their success, right? Of, you know, looking back to that Stanley Cup final from two years ago? He didn't even play two years ago. Well, didn't he get hurt in the playoffs? Him. Right before. Oh, it was right before. It was when he tried right to come before. back. Okay. Um, uh, they, 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 I, the, the Bruins, this is why I hate uh, Carolina, Jordan. Remember? They swept Carolina or won four to one, and I was pissed because Carolina needed to be better and actually push them to set six games because the Bruins had too much time off. Yeah, they, they won too quick. Bullshit, they, they pulled the, they, the Rockies. They ran a bullshit, they ran a bullshit inter-squad scrimmage, and Marshawn broke his thumb, and Pasternak broke like, Oh yeah, broke his wrist or something. Like oh, Pasternak really? broke his wrist, like doing some charity thing that he wouldn't have done if the playoffs were going on, and or like did something to it. And and Marshawn literally like his thumb jammed it in the middle of their inter squad scrimmage game. So they went into the series with quote unquote rest, but they were not rested at all. They hurt themselves by so much time off. You, I've said this before in this pod, Jordy. That's why I don't like Carolina, right? You have. You've they said won it too plenty of times. Yeah, so that's uh, yeah. Mark Mark just said, "Oh yeah," so he remembers it too. So that's the, you know, that's what happened to them two years ago. But yeah, right. It was right before the playoffs. Kevin Miller broke his kneecap, and, and that physicality that that you would have that would have helped against uh, St. Louis, especially because St. Louis defense was just running up and down the ice, taking out the taking out the Bruins forward, but also controlling the puck and having an enforcer on the back end would have helped big time. But they they kind of. They kind of got someone as a backup, uh, Tonorti, the guy they picked up before the deadline. He's a huge physical defenseman as well. Similar game to Kevin Miller. Um, not as six, six six. Yeah, not as fast, but he definitely is is the similar type of physicality player. He's the guy who taught, fought Tom Wilson game one uh, when Tom Wilson took out Carlo, who still has who still isn't back. So fuck Tom Wilson too. Dude, last point before we move on, and I, I don't want to make this Bruins podcast. A- be very quick but how good is brad marshawn like he is the the best player on the team he's, like, he's so every time he touches the puck he creates he makes something happen like he is ridiculous playing on a whole nother level i mean the past five seasons he's put up crazy points but this year he just like every i don't know every time he touches the puck I, something crazy is gonna happen he's that good it's one he's of those so things good. like you kind of forget because obviously he has like the whole licking thing and all the different shit that's happened with him that like that he's actually a really quality player, and, and obviously, you know, here at Philly, there's the he skated over the puck thing that we, that gets brought up. And what's the Flyers' record been like since then against the Bruins? Um, but yeah, he's, he's been PK, awesome. He's he, he's first line PK, but he's also 26 goals this year. Like he, he's unreal, and and he Poshnak has been terrible, and it and it ha- the Bruins haven't really missed a beat because Marshawn has been so. Yeah. I don't know. Well, elite. I don't know what's the word, but listen to these points stats. Leading the team, games. leading the team in goals, leading the team in assists, leading the team in points, leading the team in penalty minutes, leading the team in shorthanded points. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. I wow. Know. Fuck. Six shorthanded points. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, five game-winning goals. The Bruins last place in penalty minutes, but the best PK. That's pretty awesome. All right. Enough Bruins, and that's right. coming from a Bruins so, yeah. fan. So. The final point, and there's a couple other things out there, like Andrew Shaw retired, which, you know, congratulations to the big career there. Um, we could, I mean, do we want to get, before we go to TNT, do we want to do the serious one of the Women's World Championships got canceled in Canada because Canada can't figure out COVID? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's frustrating 
not that necessarily not even from a women's issue but i think it's more frustrating because the u18 world championships are going on in, in texas. texas right now yeah right so it's like the and, and then the world juniors happened in canada in january like the u20 world juniors the big one happened in canada in in january so they had the structure in place like everyone come here for two weeks in quarantine and then we play this the thing but like the women's the team usa two days before the games they were in buffalo or whatever quarantining yes in buffalo or wherever they were they were quarantining but they weren't going to cross the border until two days before the games like why would you not do the models that have worked the for every other all the other tournaments you're running everyone goes there early quarantines for two weeks like you know Canada's hard to get in and out of like yeah. why would they not bring everyone in two weeks early and do it that way just like they did with the world juniors in, in December or January just like they're doing in Texas for the U18 men's allegedly according to a mutual friend of all three of ours because of what happened in Canada with the world juniors they got so spooked when they had a couple COVID crises. Like, I remember Team Germany was all fucked up. Like, apparently that was such a shit show. Again, this is according to a mutual friend of ours. That Canada was basically like, no more. But they waited too long. Hockey Canada wanted to try to get this off the ground. And the IIHF was like, you know, oh, you guys make the decision. And they, they decided, as you mentioned, Greg, like two days before the games were supposed to start, that, no, we're not going to do the games here. We're not going to have this. It was supposed to be in Nova Scotia. So why the IHF didn't think to have a backup plan, like go to Texas, go to Florida, go wherever, that's going to have a little looser of rules. Because the, the U18 one was supposed to be in Michigan, and USA Hockey moved it to, to Texas because they knew Michigan has more strict rules and Texas doesn't. So why Hockey Canada, I guess they probably get you know whatever revenues is there, or TV deals, I don't know. Um and USA Hockey can move within their country, and like so. Instead of them giving it up, and but you know there probably could have been some deal struck that you yeah. move it to the U.S. and then you get it the next year or something like that. I don't know. It yeah, was frustrating it, to see all that pop up. Yeah, agreed. And, and it's also frustrating because like all these European and, and you assume all these European teams that are in it, they you can't just pop in the two days before the tournament and you're good to go. Like even like every. Even then, like even the Olympics, everyone goes early. Like World Championships, everyone goes early. It's not like a let's fly in two days before and we're good to go. Like there's time different, you know, the whole nine yards. I feel like this two days before should not have been bungled this poorly. And it's, again, we haven't even gotten to the women's issue part of it, but that's because the women's hockey game for years has been most recently publicly, but for years has been fighting to, to get equality and, and similar exposure and, pay and the nhl has done a better job than they have in years past to help that but we haven't even touched on that it's just strictly from a from a covid standpoint this this was bungled from the beginning yeah it's bad on those two points of covid and then obviously the women's hockey issue itself of trying to figure that out because none of them have played they they don't play in the nwhl i think all of the members of at least of the women's u.s national team i think maybe the canadians i don't think either but I think all the ones that are on the, the actual world championship and Olympic teams don't play in the WHL, and they haven't. They've been doing some of the of their their union. It's a five letter like PWH WA or well, something. Well, they did. They did the Dream Tour. Yeah, the Dream right? Tour. That's they, what I mean. They're doing they did, that like, exhibition like, games. They've barely been doing that. I think because they've been prepped. Like that's basically them, so they can stay warm for this. And it's just 
it's frustrating. Like some of them work for teams. Like Kendall Coyne works for Kendall Coyne Schofield works for the Blackhawks. She does a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, the, you're right. The captain Berkshire grad. But I don't know, Mark. Do you have a point on this before we we wrap it up? I feel he, like we're all on the same page here. Yeah, I just think Canada's a joke right now. COVID's. I mean, my opinion of them has taken a big hit this past year. Um, for the for the Team USA to fly in there and then. They're there, ready to go. This is like the Stanley Cup for them. And then the day before the other teams are supposed to get in there, they cancel it and pull the plug on it. Like, what are you doing? You've had a whole year to prepare for this. You canceled last year. You're canceling it again. Like, figure it out, Canada. And, like, Ontario, they don't even allow people to play golf right now. They shut down golf courses. Like, what are you doing? There's studies out there that being outside is totally fine. Yeah, it's not. I don't know what the hell they're doing with their vaccines. They're they're a joke right now, and I have nothing good to say about them. And I hope they get shit on for this uh, by not helping to grow the game, the women's hockey. And you know, that's, that's been a huge emphasis. Thing, right? It's been a huge. That's been a huge emphasis for the NHL like, recently to like help grow the game. You know, promoting it. Um, what are the point of Spencer Knight, the- Cam York, Cole Caulfield? I think Cole Caulfield's from Minnesota, but like a number of those guys on that world juniors team are from non-traditional markets. Austin Matthews is the prime example of it, of all these things. And like, it's so important, especially in the women's game to do that. And and why the USA can't jump in. I, there's probably something with USA hockey and the IHF and all that stuff, but why the IHA IIHF can't be like, go to fucking Georgia or no, yeah. Georgia's bad. that's what? a bad one with all the stuff with the MLB all-star game, go to Florida, go to Texas, go wherever, do you know? Go to Indianapolis. Do the March Madness bracket right. there. But um, why is this, why is this in Canada? They've had like three months to like. All right, maybe this isn't going to work in Canada. Let's put it in the U.S. Exactly. Somewhere else. Yeah, that's the frustrating. What are, what thing. are they doing? And then obviously the girls' side of it or the women's side of it to try to grow it that way. But anyway, let's let's end on a, on a positive note. I alluded to it before. The NHL for the first time since the year long lockout. We know it's already going back to ESPN, but it will make its debut this fall on TNT. Turner Sports, which owns TNT, TBS, speaking of March Madness, has bought the B package to the NHL, getting the other years of the Stanley Cup Finals. ESPN gets four of them. TNT gets the other three. I think they alternate years. And TNT gets the exclusive rights to the Winter Classic game. So you know, because Turner also owns HBO, within that whole Time Warner-Turner family, we know they've also said there's going to be stuff streaming on HBO Max, which that's awesome that HBO Max is entering the sports streaming world of of the four majors. But 24-7 is going to probably be back and better than ever. Mark... What do you think of this deal of kind of the shocking group to jump out and grab hockey rights? Yeah, I was totally thrown off guard by this, like TNT, TBS having hockey games on those channels, and then ESPN too. Um, big, big year for the NHL getting these new um, networks. To, like, I, I didn't see it coming. Um, I think it's great for the game to get more eyes uh, on some of these games when, you know, TNT, TBS are being played at bars. What's going to be on now? Hockey. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to work with like the NBA and what's going to be on. Um, but I, th- I think it's, I think it's good. I, Greg, what do you think about it? I'm a, maybe I'll have a comment in a little bit. I'm reading an article on this. I, um, good to know you're not listening to me, but I, <laughs> <laughs> 
I, from the beginning, have been skeptical because I'm a big fan of the NBC, NBC and what they've done. They've really, because hockey was in a dark place, right? And they have really helped revive it. Yes, McDavid and Matthews and, and the superstars contribute to that, but I, NBC is a huge part. Like the fact they give as much coverage as they do, the fact they have the NBC Sports Channel, which plays as much hockey as it does, and they have the 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 ex players and they have the whole team there and the you know the the Olympics. So NBC has the credibility. I feel like NBC has helped promote and bring it to where it is today. And I, from the beginning, was very skeptical of having the worst company, ESPN buy the rights and get it back. And I'm not like Jordy was a big fan. Everyone, everyone I know who's a big fan, except for me. And so maybe I need to get on board, but I'm skeptical to say the least, because I have a big fear that we're going to get a ESPN. We're going to get a Stanley cup game on ESPN too, because LeBron James and his son are going to have their debut game, regular season game in the middle of, you know, whatever the NBA bullshit NBA season. That means nothing. And we're going to have the, the Stanley Cup game on ESPN2 because of it. So TNT being thrown into the mix, you hope that they hire some of the people who have helped NBC Sports hockey be so good. You hope a lot of these people like Patrick Sharp, I would love to see him and his gorgeous face move over to, to some of these channels. And everyone's making the joke now that Chuck and Shaq and, and Kenny, the Jet, or you know, the NBA guys are going to start doing hockey stuff and – you know, whatever that's funny, but I'm I'm more curious to see who they're gonna hire to do the in between the Catherine Tappins and like I said, the Patrick Sharps and Jeremy Roenick. I know he got fired, but to see where they go from there. Obviously ESPN has has Butcher Grass and, and uh uh what's his name? The guy with the mullet, Jordy, help me out here. Barry Melrose. Barry so- Melrose, thank you. They obviously have that and, and I know you're gonna rebut me, but I'm just very skeptical I'm very skeptical and have been skeptical since the jump. Um, but I am Jordy to your point. I love the fact that we're going to have another 24 seven. Uh, for those who don't know, they did a, they did a all access pass to the two teams playing the winter classic for two weeks leading up to it behind the scenes interviews. It's, it's hard yeah. knocks, but hockey is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and it was amazing then and hopefully it'll be amazing again. Um, so yes, I'm excited for that. I'm glad. I'm glad you said the HBO thing because that that excites me. So, thank you for bringing that into the fold. But in terms of the everyday, and I know ESPN, though they, they promised every Stanley Cup game on regular ESPN or ABC. But I'm fearful that LeBron and his son are going to be something, and that the Stanley Cup's going to get bumped because ESPN's a joke. So, I'm skeptical, but I'm excited that uh, TNT at least bring some credibility and they know how to do it, uh, but I'm going to miss NBC. So a couple, a couple points for one, I, I, I understand where you're coming from with the ESPN love of LeBron, the whole, my joke, they cover everything from LeBron scoring a basket to him taking a shit, but it's worth noting. And I don't think we talked about this when they originally announced the ESPN deal. NBC sports network is being shut down by the end of 2021. And they're trying to move sports programming all to the USA Network, which is one of the channels they own, uh, and over to Peacock, their streaming service. So it's worth that. That is worth noting that they are taking some sort of step down of their sports coverage. They're trying to push streaming because so many people are going that way. Probably something to do with you know when people talk about the NFL ratings are down, the NBA ratings are down, and all this sort of stuff. When people want to say it's you know whatever, it's politics, it's COVID, it's whatever. 
of that. They're probably thinking, oh, streaming has a big part to do with this. We're going to go that way. And maybe because of how much money they've dumped into Peacock, Comcast as a whole, uh, they're saying, you know what? Maybe we send the NHL off. Apparently their offer was about half of what, allegedly, of what Turner is is getting these rights for. Turner's paying $225 million over seven years. It's about $1.6 billion is what it's estimated to be. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the the Chuck and Shaq. I've, I've made that joke. I think it would be awesome to get Shaq do, like jumping in and, and have it like being the sideline reporter at the Winter Classic. I think, you know, we saw NBC Sports do that with the games at Lake Tahoe where they had Rowdy or whatever the fuck that NASCAR guy's name was. So that's definitely, it, it's almost a lock that that's going to happen. But like having Chuck be in and be like, man, that guy had a terrible, terrible save. Man, Kenny, and they're like, Kenny's not here, Chuck. And oh, ha, ha, ha. But you have to figure, they do hire X players. You figure whether ESPN or somebody jumps in to hire X players. Those guys are going to find jobs. We literally have no idea, because this got announced the other day, of who they're going to do. We have no, we've never seen this product before. But you got to think they come up with some sort of clone of Inside the NBA and yeah. get something like that to go and, and have some sort of coverage there, which... I get it. It's a cable network. And the fact that in three of the four years, to your point, Greg, it's a cable network that's, you know, at least when we were kids of clicking through it, it's not next to, at least ESPN2 is one away from ESPN. And I'm not saying I'd be happy if ESPN2 had a Stanley Cup final game, but it's a cable network that shows movies and random drama shows, quote unquote, because that's what TNT was known for when we were kids. And it's, yeah. it's just interesting. I mean... I agree with Greg. NBC, they did a lot for hockey. Hockey was in a dark place. And then, I mean, they, they, the sport has grown so much over the past 10 years and credit to NBC for helping with that. But I, Greg, what I don't agree with you is like bringing some of those people over to TNT, TBS, because like people like Patrick Sark to me personally, yeah, he's a good looking guy, but pretty boring. Like I think TNT, TBS, they want to like get some more personalities like they do for the NBA, get some guys in there like cracking jokes. I think that's what they're going for. Um, maybe they'll even bring in some of the spit, spit and chiclet guys to, to do it if, if they pay enough. But I think getting some more personalities to cover the game and then the streaming part that Jordy mentioned is huge as well. Yeah, HBO yeah. Max is, I think, the inherent advantage that Peacock would have if we're looking just on streaming is that if you have Comcast, you get it. You get a free subscription to it, whereas – you have to basically buy the Disney Plus bundle to get ESPN Plus. HBO Max is just basically HBO Go. So you have to, you basically, if you have an HBO subscription, I think you get it. Uh, which yes. they, you basically get that now when you buy a cell phone. So, you know, half of the, especially if you have AT&T, because I think they own all of this stuff, I think, or at least they own HBO. But um, I don't know where they get involved with Turner. So in terms of the streaming aspect to it, that's going to be fun to see. It's just a unique approach, too. Obviously, NBC's done a lot for it. I've been hit or miss on their coverage, kind of on Mark's point. It, it's become very vanilla. It's also yeah, the exact same. It, that's the point I was getting at. The Flyers are owned by Comcast. It's the exact same thing I get every single night when I'm watching the Flyers. And when you turn on these other games, as much as I like watching the Sixers on NBC Sports Philly and like getting the, home, the, the Homer announcer and everything... If it's blacked out and it's only on TNT, it's fun to get Kenny and Shaq and, and Chuck arguing about whatever and getting the inside of the NBA and kind of tuning into there. It's the same thing 
when yeah. actually it's not the same thing as Sunday Night Baseball or Joe Buck Baseball. I was gonna say that's more fun because it's different graphics, but that that's shit still terrible. But I don't know. It's it's gonna be a new approach to it. A network that you now get cross promotion. They have the same networks as the NBA. That gets yeah, but so who's many to say, who's to say who's to say that they don't hire people just as quote unquote boring as you guys? No, are they saying, could. Vanilla, they easily you know? could. But they like, also just, my just point be, being, just because they hired just because they hired Jack and Chuck, like not not to be that guy, but the the NHL unless unless you're hiring Sean Avery, they don't really have the crazy personalities. They have, they have Milbury, Milbury Jeremy Roenick. Yeah. Milbury, Milbury beats up little kids. He shouldn't be on TV. But yeah, I mean, Ronick should be back. You're right. Ronick should be back. I liked them because I never knew what they were going to say, and that that was entertaining to me personally. No, I, like, the guys they have sucks. on now are, are, yeah, but, but he's uh, a nut job. But the Ronick guys they... should be back. But 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 again, the larger point is that's my only fear. And yeah, I think I think TNT is better than ESPN personally. But um, they both dumped enough know, money I, into the NHL that it and that and the Mark brought up the point before of that bars have these channels on because they have other sports and, and that sort of stuff. NBC sports only really had hockey. That was like the one thing that if you're going to a bar, you have to ask them to throw it on. If yeah, they have, I don't know how many times I've had to ask the bartender, Hey, can you put on NBC sports? They're like, what is that? What? Yeah, what is that? Exactly. If ESPN's on great, you're probably getting whatever game is on, whether it's hockey, soccer, basketball, Monday night football, whatever the fuck it is. You're going to be able to watch that if if it's that night of the week. TNT's a and little if guys are watching it because that that's like if a guys are watching it at the bar. They're gambling on it. Exactly. TNT's a little different because they only have basketball right now. Like they don't have T- TBS gets baseball and the baseball playoffs are a completely different beast. Of you're going to have that on at a bar if you're a sports bar. But same thing there. You're going to have TNT on. And again, because they have the NBA, they now have the same two networks the NBA has nationally. That. So many eyeballs watch it, and they see McDavid. They see Matthews, the names they've heard. They see a P.K. Subban, a large personality in the hockey world that transcends that. People know who P.K. Subban is. You see whomever, young guys that are coming up that you might have heard of because of this. I just think it's it's having that sort of synergy that way to let these two these two leagues work together more than trying to compete against one another. I know there's staunch defenders on both sides of hockey fans only basketball fans only that don't like the other but they need you know to help grow the game to go back to that point from the women's stuff it's it's useful that they're on the same network especially when one of them is always on at a bar yeah you're not wrong and and i mean i definitely you're right i mean espn is always the default thing and and who knows what will come on and and maybe they'll you know they'll the NHL start to get more coverage and mainstream and blah 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 and the crossover the cross promotion and I, I just yeah I'm skeptical actually, I'm call. skeptical natu- I'm naturally skeptical but because right now all we've known ESPN is they're gonna pump the NFL even though they only get one game a week they're gonna pump the NFL and they're gonna pump the NBA and they have the rights to all these college sports college football and we get a ton of college football. But we don't get any. We don't get anything about like they had the national championship for college hockey on ESPN two, and we don't hear you know like that's bullshit. And then you get the volleyball championships on ESPN two, like that's bullshit. Like they should be on number one ES whatever. You know what? Skeptical. I'm happy the NHL got paid. Hopefully that means they can raise the salary cap. Hopefully that means they can help some the players out. 
Exactly. And like Mark said, we can get some of these great personalities back. We can get J- Ronick back on the thing. Maybe we can get, like Jordy said, some of the Chicklet guys out there. Who knows, hard. Jordy? Maybe, maybe, maybe they're knocking on our door. You never know. That'd be fun. You got to think though. It's funny that uh, ten years later, after the Thrashers move from Atlanta, that the that Turner can offer two hundred twenty-five million dollars to get the TV rights when they probably could have just owned a team. <laughs> <laughs> people didn't go right Hockey i think that was a big part of it yeah yeah this this is like a, we can probably cut this out what i'm gonna say but like is it is hockey like you know is it bullshit greg because how applicable is hockey to the, the population of the united states right how many people can actually play how many people do play how many people can afford to play compared to some of those other sports so yeah and that's been that's been hockey's downfall from the jump is the the yeah, the large barrier of entry. It's the yeah. same thing as golf, but golf is you know you can find you can find that on when uh you know when it was on Fox primetime golf for the U.S. Open was awesome when it yeah, was but, in Chambers Bay. Yeah, but I think I think Mark's larger point is that for kids growing up, like the reason why basketball and soccer are so popular is because all you need is a ball and yeah, yeah. you need one thing, and then you could use a, a you could use anything for goals or a, you could use a shopping cart for a hoop, anything, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Versus hockey and golf the two sports you mentioned it's three thousand dollars for a golf set it's three thousand dollars to equip yourself with a hockey set and then it's another x amount of dollars just to play and to be on a team and to rent the ice and to do all these other things so yeah go ahead. each year you grow each year you grow up that's another three thousand dollars like you're eight years old right then you're 10 you need all new stuff yeah exactly exactly no it's so, certainly i think i think that's why it's it's helpful to have the league have more exposure so that people get more interest in it and these efforts that you've heard on a chicklets of guys that are trying to bring it more into the inner cities to help try to have those programs where they're not on ice yet, but help them learn to it. You know, if that interest is there and it continues to grow, then those programs can help grow too. Like the first tee to use golf as an example. Um, Yeah. And, and, and there's something to be said that a lot of people, you know, I mean, not that we're going to solve any problems here, but people, young kids are impressionable, right? They want to do what they see other people that look like them doing right and, and they want or or they like like mark me you and mark all watch hockey and so our children are going to watch hockey in theory right so but if you're growing up in a household where your parents don't know anything about hockey and they're only going to watch x y and z sport that's the sport you're going to grow up liking and watching and playing sure so i think Regardless. that that's a big part, factor too and maybe like mark said and you said maybe espn ha- having hockey and putting it on in bars and all these non-traditional places that they haven't been before will help out. Um, and you know, maybe, maybe, maybe hockey on a Sunday on ABC, just like it's been on, on NBC randomly will help, but you never know. Realistically, the only way they're going to grow the games, if they make the equipment half the price, well, yeah, that's the that's the way to to really accelerate it. But the, the generating interest helps that certainly, you know, it adds, you know, consumer interest to get economical, which I think is a good way to end the show before we put people to sleep. Boys, <laughs> this one was awesome. I had a blast doing it. A shorter one for me and Greg, but we know he uh, he's running into some into some uh, barriers here. So I appreciate you guys. It's still an hour and on. a half. What's that? These people, these people got two hours from you and you and Maddie for NFL, and now an hour and a half from the three of us for hockey. So no, we started late because we were talking too long. I think we started like. Uh, nobody knows what time it is now, but I think we started like 20 minutes late. 
these people these people got what they wanted let's just say that um this was great guys started slow i think we picked it up at the end and uh ultimately go bees exactly go bees and hey shout out to Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers looks like they're going to make the playoffs for the first time since 2017. So excited to see the best player in the world in the playoffs. Pumped for that. I'm pumped to see Connor McDavid, but yeah, I'm going to my first Flyers game. So hopefully they win that night. Go Flyers. Hey, that's sick. Congrats. Um, go Bruins. But everybody subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderblog sports on Instagram for Greg and Mark. I am the G man. Everybody have a great weekend. Hey, go Flyers. Go Bruins.